Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew presents a special New Year's message entitled, Our God Reigns. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to the book of Nehemiah. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have chosen a people before creation to be saved by your only begotten Son. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have placed all things under the feet of your Son. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is sovereign over all. And you have given him as the head of the church. And he fills the church with his fullness. We are complete in him. The Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. Therefore, O God, we face this new year with complete confidence. You will lead us, you will guide us, you will comfort us, you will fight our battles, you will provide for us, and you will bring us home in your time. We pray that you speak to us from your holy word, and may your word, which is spirit and life, find room in our hearts. And we may find our solace and comfort in your holy word. This day and throughout this year. In Jesus name, Amen. Our God reigns. And I want to speak to you on that subject. From Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Haggai and Zechariah. But do not worry about the future. Our God reigns. Our God triune created the whole world out of nothing. He owns it all and rules over it all. Our God reigns over animate and inanimate creation. As the I am that I am. As Yahweh, the sovereignty of God reaches over visible and invisible creation. Our God reigns over all nations of the world. He is the Lord of history. Our God reigns over all angels and humans. Our God reigns over all wicked forces, the devil and his minions. And we are told that God the Father has placed all things under the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head over everything that he may be the head of the church. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. And he is our good shepherd. He, as good shepherd, has given us eternal life. And we shall never perish. And we are told in the Bible that no one is able to snatch us out of the hand of our Lord Jesus Christ. Beyond that, no one can snatch us out of our Father's hand. Why worry? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Nothing, absolutely nothing in all creation is able to separate you from the love of God. 
St. Paul tells us in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I say to you, God is for us. Our God reigns. First, our God, this awesome God reigns over the kings of the earth. Our God is the creator of all things. And he has chosen us to be holy and blameless. And he did so before the creation of the world. And we learn from the scripture he permitted the fall of that creation. And we learn from the scripture that he redeems his people from the fall from evil he gave us a promise in Genesis 3 the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent the devil he called Abraham and out of him he produced a nation in Egypt Pharaoh we are told planned to destroy God's people and frustrate God's eternal plan for us. In the fullness of time, our sovereign God delivered two million Israelis out of Egypt into the promised land. As covenant Lord, he told his vassal people to obey him and be blessed. They disobeyed him. And in the fullness of time, they were exiled first to Assyria and then to Babylon. He raised up Nebuchadnezzar, who burned up the temple of God in 587. It looked as though God's plan will not be fulfilled. It looked as though it was the end of the history of Israel. No, God promised through Isaiah and Jeremiah that in fulfillment of God's covenant, he will cause his people to return to Jerusalem after 70 years. And you read that in Jeremiah 25, verse 11 and 12. In fact, centuries before the exile, our God who reigns forever, foretold his will through Isaiah that he will raise up Cyrus to set his people free to go to Jerusalem and to build the temple and the city. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 44, and verse 28. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt and of the temple, let its foundation be laid. And we read further about this sovereign God who controls all and rules over all. Isaiah 45. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him. Verse 2, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze, cut through the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness. Verse 4, I summon you by name. Verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. I will strengthen you. Verse 13, I raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. 
I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild city and set my exiles free. Our God reigns. And when the fullness of time came, God raised up Cyrus and he defeated Babylon and fulfilled God's purpose planned for him centuries before. In 538 BC Cyrus set his God's people Israel to go to Jerusalem. As sovereign God he guides history to his desired end. And yet these people who are under his control do things according to their free will. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5. And here Nehemiah uses an expression about this God. He says in verse 4, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God. Turn to chapter 4 of Nehemiah, verse 15. Verse 14 and 15. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. The God who is great. God who is awesome. God who is mighty. An awesome God, a great God, a mighty God, a warrior God. A God of heaven and of earth. A covenant God. A God who remembers his covenant promises. And God who fulfills every promise he has made. And a God who fights for us. The truth is no one can frustrate his plan to save us, to help us. He raised up Nebuchadnezzar and then he put him down. All his promises shall be fulfilled. Not even one shall fail. And St. Paul tells us no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ. Turn with me then to Ezra chapter 1 and verse 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord, spoken by Jeremiah, the word about the return of his people after 70 years. The Lord stirred the heart of Cyrus, moved. It's an important word that is used a number of times in these post-exilic books. The word is referred to the rousing somebody up of his deep sleep and putting thoughts into his mind and causing him to think of that thought and make decision and act upon that decision. It is like Elijah in his misery. He was sleeping and the angel of God came and rose him up and caused him to do the will of God. 538 B.C. Cyrus was moved, stirred, inspired, made able to do the will of God and do so freely. The great and awesome God, the sovereign God, stirred up 
the heart of Cyrus. When God's time came, he roused Cyrus up. He moved him to do God's will. To let my people go. To rebuild the temple and the city. And all of a sudden, Cyrus makes the proclamation freely. And he lets everyone who was willing to go to Jerusalem to worship God of heaven and of earth in the rebuilt temple. Not only he causes the emperor to do God's will. He also causes his own people to be stirred up. To understand the word of God. And to do the word of God. And to leave everything. And go to Jerusalem. Freely. To rebuild the temple and worship in accordance with God's own word. And so take a look at verse 5. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites. Notice the phrase. Everyone whose heart God had moved, stirred, roused up, inspired, made able. Understand, our God reigns. And he is great. And he is awesome. And he is sovereign. And he controls the hearts of kings. Look at Ezra chapter 6 and verse 22. Now this is speaking about a different king. But the point I want to drive home is that God controls the will, the mind, the affection, the heart of every king. So this is Darius the first in whose time Ezra came and later Nehemiah came. But let me read this. For seven days they celebrated with joy the feast of unleavened bread because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria. That is, by moving his heart. Esther chapter 6 and 7. You'll be surprised. That all of a sudden this king Xerxes, who ruled 486 through 465, couldn't sleep in the night. And he reads the annals. And he discovers a fact and changes the condition of God's people throughout the realm. Haman wanted to destroy every covenant people. But he cannot. Neither Xerxes can. He cannot sleep. God roused him up. And the people of God were saved. And Haman was hanged. Or oh, look at Ezra 7 verse 27. This is, a, this is, this is the king really. Uh, after Xerxes. In whose reign came Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra 7 verse 27. Praise be to the Lord the God of our fathers. Who has put it into the king's heart. To bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way. I want to make the point again. And our God reigns. Our God is sovereign. Our God is awesome. Our God is mighty. Proverbs 21 verse 1 we read. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs king's heart like a water course. Wherever he pleases. Number two. Not only our God reigns over the king, 
kings of the world our god reigns over his own people and we notice that in Ezra 1 verse 5 and the family of heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites everyone whose heart God had moved prepared to go and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem 50,000 people about 50,000 people returned in 538 and we are told that our God raised up leaders Zerubbabel grandson of King Jeconiah and Joshua the priest the prophet Haggai and Zechariah Ezra the Bible scholar Nehemiah the governor he knows how to raise up proper leaders to lead the people whose hearts were moved and stirred by God to go to Jerusalem and not only that we read in Ezra 3 and verse 1 the people gathered together as one man unity of the spirit as one man they came together to sacrifice to celebrate and during Nehemiah's time if you turn with me to chapter 2 and let me read from verse 17 then I said to them you see the trouble we are in Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire come let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me and now listen they replied let us start rebuilding so they began this good work God is operating in the hearts of his people Zerubbabel and Joshua and people came 50,000 they worked but then soon they gave up building because of opposition let us ask the question are the enemies going to frustrate God's plan of rebuilding the temple and rebuilding Jerusalem concerning which God spoke centuries before through Isaiah no it's not going to happen God's will and plan will happen our God reigns so God raised the prophets Haggai and Zechariah in 520 BC and if you read Haggai 1 verse 14 where this word again is used God stirred up the hearts of leaders and people to think about the purpose for which they came to think about building the temple and worshipping the living and true God and they did and the building was completed in 516 BC our God reigns his purposes will be accomplished in history through his people he stirs us up he motivates us he reminds us he guides us he makes us willing he causes us to love God he strengthens us and make us doers of his will at one moment we are sleeping at one moment we are backslidden at one moment we are sinners and the next moment we are awake and we study God's Word we earnestly pray we rise up and do God's work in God's way in God's might our God reigns and we are told about this expression again and again and again in these books what's the expression the hand of the Lord was 
upon me. The hand of the Lord, which is not short. The hand of the Lord that is mighty and powerful. The hand of the Lord, the invisible hand, comes and grips you. Grasping us. Giving us confidence. Grasping us. Giving us boldness. Grasping us. Giving us strength. Grasping us. Giving us guidance. To build and to wage war against the devil and his minions. Our God reigns. He does not ask us to build and not give strength and means to build with. Or all the permits. Everything comes to us through that firm grip of his mighty hand upon us. I say the grip of affection, the grip of direction, the grip of protection, the grip of power. So turn with me to Ezra to see this expression repeated. Ezra 7 verse 6. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well versed in the law of Moses. Which the Lord the God of Israel had given. The king had granted him everything he asked for. Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. And you read that again in 7.9. And then... Ezra 8 verse 18. Let's turn to that. Here it says. Because the gracious. The good. Hand. Of our God was on us. Not only on the leader. But on us. Do you feel that grip. Of God's hand. Let's read Ezra 8 and verse 22. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we, are told, we have told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him. Hallelujah. I came to this place Nobody was grasping me and gripping me. But I tell you, the invisible hand of this mighty God gripped me and grasped me and was upon me. And so read Nehemiah 2 verse 8, that this hand of the Lord, the gracious hand of the Lord was on Jeremiah. I want to tell you, our God reigns and our God rules and guides. He stirs up king's heart. He puts into the heart of people exactly what he wants people to do. And he makes them do and they do freely. God's mighty hand grasps, grasps his people. Giving them inspiration, consolation, direction, protection, provision, power. I say, what is this hand? It is the hand of providential control. It is the hand of God that is not short to save his people. The psalmist in Psalm 89 verse 13 tells your hand, your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your hand is exalted, triumphant. And in Psalm 139 the psalmist says, even in the farthest place, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. 
it is the hand of God that rescues us from the hand of our enemies this is God's mighty hand that comforts his people and compels the enemies to surrender to him let me tell you the hand of God stands for the presence of God it stands for the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire it stands for the Holy Spirit who is in us we are told ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you to Zerubbabel the civil ruler the word came through the prophet Zechariah. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This mountain shall be leveled. No mountain that opposes God and God's people shall stand. The hand of the Lord is with us. Turn with me to, let us read a few scriptures. The book of Joshua. Chapter 5. You come to understand the hand of the Lord. Joshua 5, beginning with verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither he replied, but us, commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. The hand of the Lord. As commander of the army of the Lord, as God's warrior, I have come. Our God is not only a savior, but he's a warrior. I was talking to somebody who didn't want to listen to what I've been telling and doesn't like it. But that person signed to obey the rules of the military. Signed the life away. And they are going to tell him what to do. And he will do exactly what they tell him. Our God is a warrior. And he will deal with everyone who will oppose his rule. Our God reigns. He has a saving hand. And he has a fighting hand with the sword. Let's turn to Second Corinthians. Chapter 10. And let's read. Verse 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The weapons of our warfare. The word of God. The spirit of God. Weapons of our warfare. Praying to God. Romans 8.31 If God is for us, who can be against us? 1 John 4 verse 4 He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Our God reigns. And his hand is upon us. Upon everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. And Elisha's servant found out. In 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 16. Those who are with us. Are more than those who are with them. Turn with me to, to the book of John, chapter 12 and verse 31. 
Now is the time for judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Our God reigns. He said, I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. He reigns over the kings of the earth. Kiss the son, kings of the earth. And find mercy. And our God reigns over his people to save them. To teach them, to rebuke them, to correct them, to train them in righteousness and to bring them home. Our God reigns over us with his mighty outstretched hand. Do you feel that hand upon you? Third, our God reigns over our enemies. Let me tell you, every time we rise to do God's work, the enemy will rise to ridicule us, discourage us, intimidate us, persecute us, and if possible, to kill us. And if you don't understand the word of God, you will surrender. John 15, let me read to you from uh, verse 20. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. In the book of Acts chapter 14, St. Paul tells us through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. John 16 verse 33 says in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12 let me read this to you and understand this fact. In fact everyone who wants to live a godly life that is everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? Come on, we'll be persecuted. If you are not persecuted, you are not living a godly life. You are a compromiser. You surrendered. You are not separate. You are not holy. You are not governed by the word of God. And you start living by the word of God and you will be persecuted. You see, our enemies want Jerusalem and the temple to lie in ruins. They like it. They hate the temple rebuilt and true worship offered to the living and true God. You read Nehemiah 1, 3, 2, 3, 13, 17, and chapter 4, verse 2, speaks about the condition of Jerusalem burnt with fire, lying in ruins, and everybody is happy. The Sanballats and Tobias, the Geshem and the Astrodites. It is only when you try to build your family, your life, your church in the way of the world, you find opposition. They hate the revival of God's church. The enemies love the church when she is backslidden and live in conformity with the world. They will even help us, the temple, but not based on the word of God. They will help us if we compromise. They will oppose if we rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and practice a life of separation and holiness. A Bible-centered life. When Nehemiah came in 445 BC to build the walls, he was encircled by enemies. There was Sanballat, the ruler of Samaria in the north. There was Tobiah, the ruler of the Ammonite kingdom in the east. There was Geshem, the leader of the Arabs in the south. There was the Ashtodites, the Philistine on the west, encircled. They were all active, opposed to the rebuilding and the true worship of the living and true God. And they said, they are not going to build the walls. 
We want it to lie in ruins. Are they going to win? Our God is going to win. Let's say together. Our God reigns. Satan likes God's church lying in ruins. God's people living in backslidden condition. God's families living disorderly lives. Satan desires us to be weak. So the enemies were disturbed when God's people study the word, preach the word, practice holiness, conduct prayer services, train their children in the way of the Lord. Satan hates us when we seek the kingdom of God first and don't serve mammon with our whole heart. Sinbalets hates us. Tobias hate us. Geshem hate us. Ashtodites hate us. These wolves come at times in sheep's clothing. At times they show up as real wolves. And we are told in Nehemiah 2.10 they were disturbed when Nehemiah came. They mock, they despise, they intimidate, they make false accusations, they publish materials, they write letters, they do any and everything to stop the revival. Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 8. A man of conviction, a man of iron will. A man who is focused on God's work. A man who will not be distracted. A man who is committed to living a life according to the regulative principle of the word of God. Nehemiah 6 and verse 8. See, they, they wrote a letter, complete lie. And this is the reply, verse 8. Nehemiah 6, I sent him this reply, nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. Father of lies, out of your head. And Jesus understood this, and let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let me read this to you. Blessed are you. When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Persecution in this world is our lot. If you don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. These enemies are desperate people. They do desperate things. But know this, let's together say, Our God reigns! And our God is with us. It is His will that we worship Him acceptably. Our God is stirring up our hearts to pray, to read His word, to do His will. And let me ask you, do you feel that stirring in your heart? His mighty hand is upon us. We will rise. We will build. We will worship. We will serve our God. We will resist the devil and he shall flee from us. And it happened. The will of the Lord was done. People of God came. They built the temple. Read Ezra 6 and verse 15. They built the walls. Read Nehemiah 6 15. They populated the city with God's people. Nehemiah 11 verse 1. God's purposes accomplished. Our God reigns. So we reign with him. And forever and ever. A final point. Our God reigns over our finances. People are wondering of course. This is the big big wonder isn't it do we have money about long-term care have you considered long-term care you haven't 
Yeah, money, 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 money. But our God reigns over our finances. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord opened the windows of heaven and rained upon these people all the monies they needed. Look at Ezra 2, 68 and 69, the verses. Gold, 1,100 pounds, silver, three tons. But wait, Ezra 8, 24 through 27. Gold, four tons. Silver, 25 tons. God provided. When we do God's work in God's way, God will provide money sufficient. The Bible says the bread is for children. He provides daily bread. He is our Heavenly Father. He provides for His people food and clothing, medicine, work, housing, transportation, and even computers and cell phones. Isn't that amazing? I don't have one, but some people have. If we delight to give our children good gifts, how much more our Heavenly Father will not give you all good things. Because we are more valuable to Him than birds and lilies of the field. We are His sheep and He is our shepherd. And so we lack what? Nothing! Our God reigns. His purposes are being fulfilled. He purposed to save a people for himself. His nation rebelled and they were exiled. Yet in covenant love, God moved the heart of Cyrus. He moved the heart of leaders. He moved the heart of the people. His hand was with them, helping them. His hand was against their enemies. They came. They built the temple. They built the walls of Jerusalem centuries passed then in the fullness of time God sent the Messiah promised Messiah son of Abraham son of David son of Virgin Mary God the only begotten born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we may receive the rights of sons. Our God reigns. Christ Jesus lived a perfect life. This one, our high priest, offered himself in our behalf a perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. And by faith in him, our sins are forgiven. Let's praise God. The filthy garment of Joshua the priest was removed. And our filthy garments are removed. We are clothed with the garment of Christ's perfect righteousness. This God is our God. And we are his people. Our God reigns. And we are seated with him. And our Lord is the head of all things. All things are put under his feet. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is our head. And we are his body. And his fullness fills us to overflowing. Yes. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Yes. Therefore rejoice. Rejoice. Rise up. Build for God. Build with Christ. Jesus Christ said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall crumble. As the walls of Jericho crumbled, our God is marching on in triumph. And he leads us always in triumph. Our God is awesome. Our God is great. Our God is mighty. Our God is sovereign. Our God is the Lord of the universe and the Lord of history. Second, he is not asleep as Baal. He is vigilant to fulfill his covenant promises to us. 
by his life death and resurrection our Lord has defeated all our enemies and has liberated us his people from all captivity all his and our enemies are under his feet and we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our gospel testimony in the fullness of time he stirs up the church to do his purposes remember he stirred up martyr Luther all of his soul he stirred him up his hand was upon him he was moved fearlessly to do the will of God to reform the church his hand of power guidance consolation protection and affection is upon us not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord in this new year let me ask you do you feel God's powerful stirring in your heart he's speaking to you he's stirring you up do you recognize his voice speaking to you do you see God's invisible hand gripping you taking hold of you to make you strong commit your life to him walk with him work with him he shall not fail you and let me tell you a secret others may abandon you and leave you disappoint you despise you betray you oppose you falsely say all kinds of evil against you in his time he may permit them to kill you but God shall never leave you or forsake you he will lead you from success to success and bring you home to himself for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future and what a glorious future that is Heavenly Father help us to consecrate ourselves this morning to do your will stir our hearts put your word into our mind and put your hand upon us guide us in the way of righteousness until we are brought home in Jesus name Amen you have been listening to this special New Year's message entitled Our God Reigns Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.